0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Tribe of Nerds. Uh, said that this week we were going to uh, talk with Will about Eternals, and here we are to talk about the 30th MCU project, which is crazy that this is number 30. Right. So three 0 Yeah. So uh, we'll start with our impressions, uh, our first impressions, like spoiler-free, then we'll get into all the spoilers with the cast. We'll talk about... Uh, the Celestials. We'll talk about uh, our post-credit scenes, of course, and then we'll figure out whether we want to say there's a villain to rank, and then we'll rank where Eternals sits with the rest of our MCU rankings. So, um, Will, what were what were your uh, spoiler-free impressions of Eternals?
1: Um, it, this was a movie where I was more in love with characters and character interactions. And, like, world-building more so than the actual plot. Yeah. I thought the plot was very meh. Um, but what kept me very intrigued throughout the whole movie was just... Also, like, the visuals, for one, too. Like, everything about this. like I think this is... This is one of Marvel's, like, most beautifully done movies. Absolutely, yeah. I think, in my opinion. It's up there. Um, but the characters, I felt, were really interesting... Some obviously got more screen time than the other, but that's just the nature of, you know, when you have a large cast. Right. But ones that did get the attention, like Icarus, um, oh my God, uh, Athena, in a way. Mm-hmm. A, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the main, the main girl. Uh, oh. Cersei. Cersei, yes. I, I, I was That's what it was. Like, Cersei, I, I was a big fan of, like, these characters. Like, I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed their, how unique each one were,
0: mm-hmm. in a sense. yeah.
1: Uh, I think they did a good job with developing characters or having characters. Even strife too. Strife was not strife. Sprite. I mean. Sprite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> strife thinking of the horseman. Oh
0: Jesus! <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, yeah. I characters and in terms characters and interactions with characters and lore building. I think and visuals are what carries this movie. Plot. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: I will agree 100%. I think I think most people can agree, like, the plot is not great. And, I mean, this movie is very, very divisive already. Obviously, uh, critics aren't as big fans of this movie, and uh, the audience really likes it. I, I honestly am not sure with some of the criticisms, because I don't think any of them are actually valid criticisms. I think they're just kind of finding things to criticize.
1: The weird thing was going into this movie. This one, they were talking about how like this is so woke and all that. And obviously, you know, when you get in there, you see like, like the different interactions you have. But like, if you think about it, you're just like, this isn't really like a. It's not like they're really, like, let's like. I mean, one of the big things there's a, a homosexual yes uh, couple, big mm-hmm. couple in this movie, and I think they handled it beautifully they didn't make it too big of a deal they didn't like like try to like look we are giving them like the view they wanted they treated it like it was just part of everyday life and it's like it was pretty good because it's like they didn't hide it either
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know i mean like they were well open with it they're like here's a moment clear cut we're openly full said yes that is my husband bam and they're like all right yeah. They didn't try to make no jokes around it where they're like, oh, this is weird. They're like, you know, like, didn't they try to do anything with it? They just played it up as normal. Right. And, like, you know, you still have some old timers who are like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. And then um, we get Marvel's first sex scene. Which, yep. I mean, it threw me for a loop because I was just like, I was not expecting it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I was just like, Okay. Right. Like, 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 it was just one of those, it was like, huh, all right. But then again, they, like, it was in a moment where they were showing, like, the building of love uh, between Cersei's and uh, Icarus. So I was like, okay. it wasn't expecting it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Did they need to put it in there? Probably not, but I think they were just, I think what this, this whole movie just in general felt like a different, it felt like a different way of Marvel doing it. hmm Honestly, like the format that they were going through this did not feel like any other
0: Marvel movies. No. They had. No. So that was interesting. Um yeah, I, I really hate the woke criticism because like like there's so many like Marvel stuff now at this point. 30 of them and finally we have a cast that's super diverse. A super diverse group of people. Every character is different and and some people are just really set in their ways and angry because they showed a diverse group of people. I'm... i
1: don't, yeah, and I don't even know like where it came from because the whole time during this movie, I was trying to sit there. I was just like, "What's what? Like, what agenda are they trying to push here?" I'm like, I'm just <laughs> literally looking like they were just telling a story, and yeah. showing interactions of people in like different cultures and shit. You know, like because I mean, let's let's be honest. Like, America is not the center of the world. You know, right? These like beings from outer space they were protecting the world you know at a time they were traveling so it's like yeah you're gonna get a large different you know versus the culture which i like because it was like it was pretty cool especially with how like their names are very similar to like you got gilgamesh and they were in babylon like that story like that's what i'm saying the world building that they were establishing and the lores that was just inspired by these people like it was really interesting seeing where like the because uh, Sprite was telling, Sprite was the one that was telling these myths, right? And so, like, was spinning the story, like Gilgamesh, Athena becoming Athena, you know, the protector of Athens, right? And it's just like, oh, this is like pretty fucking cool. And you even had Icarus, and they even made a comment about like, oh, flying too close to the sun, flying too close to the sun, and they're like, yeah, Sprite likes to tell that kind of story. You <laughs> made up that story, and it was like, oh,
0: and then he will talk about it, but well, then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happens. <laughs> yeah, but the whole time, like...
1: It was... And, like, we, like we were talking... Like, you briefed on uh, earlier about how... um Discussing whether or not we do a villain or not. This, again, is part of the new format that I felt like... This wasn't like, hey, here's an individual baddie. Right. It was more of a race-against-the-clock kind of format. Mm-hmm. And... On the one hand... It was like... I honestly... That was the one thing I did like... Like, this plot was simple. I thought it was meh. But the whole race against the clock thing, it was a fresh take that I did enjoy. Mm-hmm. Because you then had a situation where it was like, except for like the Deviants, which was this natural like et- like obstacle and just force that they were constantly fighting. That mm-hmm. wasn't also the main threat though. Right. You know, it ultimately become the main threat. And then all of a sudden your antagonists were just, it was literally, things were divided. You had, it was almost like, Also with Civil War, actually, Civil War in a similar way, too, was Mm
2: -hmm.
1: until, you know, they threw, uh, oh my god, what's his name? Zemo. Yeah, Zemo, and as the central baddie, for the most part, it was just a matter of situation, was what they were dealing with. Right. So the team was divided. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's just so much fun pack with this movie. Um, Um, Ah, yeah. (laughs) But, like, overall, I still went and came out of it really enjoying what I had seen.
1: I did too. Like, yeah, like I was not. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't think it was like. Was I like. Was it like Shane Chi? No, Shane Chi. Like, I was mind blown. I was like everything yeah. about it. I was like all up on. This, I was just like, all right, cool. Like, you know, like it was an entertaining movie, like for me. I was just like, and it's. And it's also still in that weird fi- point of the new phase where they're like, okay, we are now establishing. The, the world that's going to happen in this phase, like you had shang Shi, that was a good origin story, you know, for a solo character, you know, and he had his stuff dealing with Eternals. Right. You were getting origin, but like you, you, started realizing this movie's more about setting up what's going on around everything rather than just specifically this team,
0: right? Yeah, and I mean. Again, we also had Academy Award-winning director Chloe Zhao uh, directing this. And, I mean, you, she um, talks about how, like, her style is going out and practically shooting on locations. Um, and you could definitely see that in some of, like, the shots. Like, cinematography was absolutely beautiful.
1: Oh, yeah. Everything, like, watching this was just beautiful. Like, there's a fight scene, like, towards the end. <laughs> and, oh, my goodness. Like, it is just absolutely, like... Like, even some of, like, showing off some of the powers and all of that, like, the speedster, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank on her name. Makari. Makari, that's it. Makari, like, seeing her, like, the CGI for her running is probably some of the cleanest, like, speedster running we've seen. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't like they were just doing the whole slow-mo, you know, like, oh, she's, you know, going, you know, slow it down. Or, like, let's do a beam of light or something, you know, to show she's moving fast. They showed her, like, fucking booking it. She was, like, fucking launching. She wasn't running parallel. She's jumping around. Like, it was pretty cool. Like, that was some beautiful CGI there.
0: Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Well, let's get into the cast then in general. So, Gamma Chan, who previously had been the character Minerva in Captain Marvel, which was a very minor role that ended up killing that character off, and luckily they brought her back for this in a much more major mm-hmm. role, um, playing Cersei, I, I think... Like, Cersei, um, people have said she's kind of bland, but I just, I thought it was like, well, you have a character who's, like, more of, like, the straight shooter and, like, the level-headed character, and Mm -hmm. I honestly enjoyed that. I think that you have such a diverse set of characters, you need some of those characters who aren't exactly the most, like, lively, like, bigger personalities.
1: Right, yeah, because like we think about how many like lively, charismatic, over the top characters we had. Star Lord, Tony Stark. I mean, you even had Sprite as like the trickster of it all, you know right. what I mean? Like not everybody's going to be that. And I know it's hard because that's the type of personality that warm, welcoming personality that a lot of people are magnetic to. It's a charming personality in a trait.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But like you were saying, there's like s- not everybody's like that. Right. Not everybody is open and this in this I don't think she was a bad character. I think she nailed the role pretty well. Oh, yeah. Like, Cersei was a cool character cause in the sense of she was one that was going through a lot of internal turmoil between duty and what she loved. She loved the planet. Right. But, like, she knew she couldn't... Get, at the, Like, it was told, they couldn't get attached. Because at any point, in the, in the beginning, they were in the mindset of we could get called to the go at any point. I can't get too attached even though I spent, like, centuries down here Mm -hmm. and like so you could tell like it was affecting her because like she spent a lot of time down there she fell in love you know
2: Mm -hmm.
1: with a human and like so it was just like yeah like she was a good character like i get it it's not a personality that's easily attracted to Mm -hmm. but it's also pretty realistic in terms of you're gonna find those kind of people in the real world and it's a hard character to pull off
0: right yeah i i i enjoyed her and her powers were really really cool um being able to turn things into other things and that being like the big integral part of them being able to stop the emergence like right so she it she she played her part well and so i i still enjoyed the character um anything else on cersei nope all right uh richard madden as icarus um And this is one where we could potentially rank him as the villain uh, now that we're into spoiler territory, but we don't necessarily have to. But he is an interesting character in the fact that he found love, but then he's like so bound serving Arisham and like being having this duty that he's going to do whatever Arisham wants to do and not let anything get in his way. But he's still upset by the things that he's done.
1: Yeah, like I, Icarus is my favorite character because of that, um, ter- like that dilemma he faced.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like Cersei, he's balancing like between love and duty, but he's on the opposite end of what Cersei was. So, like Cersei favored the love, you know, her what her heart wanted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Icarus was like, this is my duty. I swore to do this. And, like, he, he even talks about it because, like, he learned the truth, like, after Babylon. Right. And he's like, I had to lie to everyone that I trusted and loved. And it tore him up. Like, I, it was a believable thing of where it was because, it's like, the whole time I was just, like, first of all, I thought that was a great twist. Like, to see him be the one that ended up killing Ajax. Yeah. I thought that was really, like, I honestly didn't see that coming. Usually you can kind of see where things are going. But that one, I just, for some reason, I just couldn't fucking see it Mm -hmm. like i knew he had a secret but i thought it was something like i didn't think it was that but then when they were showing it and like he was the one that killed her i was like holy fuck like i was like is he just gonna dick and but like no the whole time he was just like this is what i was sent to do i've had to keep this secret for so long and he was trying to get him on the side like he said i don't want to hurt you but i'm gonna fight you if you were in there and i i liked it because it was like a good Twist. It was a good portrayal because he stuck to it for mm-hmm. the majority of the time.
0: Right, and, and then,
1: yeah, and then Icarus is my favorite. I that, who's the actor? You do, do we know Richard Madden? Yeah, Richard Madden. That dude nailed it. Like I hope he comes back. I I know what happened. You know, flying
0: you know, into the and, sun. Yeah,
1: which great poetic ending to that for Icarus. the story of Icarus. Yep, yeah, exactly. I love that. It was very uh, poetic, but. Mm-hmm. I hope for I I just part of me hopes he comes back. I really hope he does come back because I really like Icarus. Like his entrance, like when they were fighting in London and the Deviant Show, yeah, he just comes bolting in, and then like it was like that's presence, like right there you realize you're like, oh, this dude's this dude's legit.
0: I thought it was funny though too when they visited, went to get Fastos and like him be- having like the Superman powers, and they're like, "I saw you wearing a cape." He's like, "I don't wear a cape." <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, that
1: was one of those moments I'm like, "I'm like, oh my god, they straight up just dropped Superman's name." Like, this is not because you know there's people out there who's like, "Oh, crossover is this like is is there an alternate reality or Superman's technically like a comic canon
2: mm-hmm. in
1: this universe now?" And I'm just like. I thought it was kind of dope. Like, it was pretty funny, though. And the whole time, like you said, he's just like, I don't wear a cape. Like, he's just,
0: he's
1: just like, do wear a cape. And he was insulted. He's like, don't ever say I wear a cape. How dare you? Small child.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll talk... They do name-drop Batman and Alfred as well. We'll talk about that when we get to those characters. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it is funny now that they're just dropping DC characters' names in a Marvel movie, but it was, it was fun. Um... All right, anything else to say on Icarus? All right. Um, no. All right, uh, Liam Q as Sprite, um, and obviously they went with a younger actor because this is the direction they went to wanted to go with, with her being, like, this eternal, but she's looks young, like, like forever. And I liked what they went with, uh, the fact that, you know, she's... I, I loved when she was told, oh, like, you're Tinkerbell, and you know, you're in love with Icarus, but you know you can't have him because you look so young. Um, I thought that was a great story.
1: Icarus didn't love love her. Right, right. Like, because they brought up, remember, Cersei's was Wendy.
0: Right, Cersei, yep.
1: Icarus was in love with Cersei. Right. Yeah, like, and, but, no, like you were saying, yeah, Sprite, Sprite was a cool character, very... kind of like definitely kind of shows like that more of a trickster than Loki was. You know what I mean? Like in terms of a playful trickster in a way. And also it was really cool to watch her join Icarus. Like when Icarus started to turn on them and it was like, this is what it is. And Icarus was just like, yeah, I, I love him too much to go against this man. And she full on, and I thought they were setting up for Icarus is going to have like some moment where she's going to regret it or she's going to like stab him in the back or something, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, Sprite was going to be the one to take it down. No, Sprite was fully committed on the side too. Mm -hmm. Like fucking stab Cersei. Like, and like, so I was like, Oh, this is pretty dope. And that's why I was like, I was like, that's where the plot really was shining was like when there was that turmoil between them all Mm -hmm. and they were starting to split back up again. And the sides were, uh, getting divided and chosen
0: right yeah and i mean like then at the end she wants to be human so she has cersei make her human so that she can just live out a normal life as and grow up um so i thought that that was a cool way to uh conclude sprite's arc um i assume that obviously if they do a sequel that her character is pretty much done because i just don't i don't know what else they could do unless they went back but went back against what they did but i don't think they would do that so
1: For the most part, each one of these characters individually went through some kind of personal um, journey. In the sense, mm-hmm. they had something that was holding them back in a way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: something that they had to deal with, and it was very interesting to see like how each character responded to such thing.
0: Right. Yeah, I. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, and, uh, yeah, Sprite was cool. I also think they did, like, the illusion power much better than they've ever done with Loki. Like, they actually showed her doing more stuff than I think... I Like, I just don't think we've seen enough of Loki's actual powers till the Loki series, even, and it was, like... Even
1: then, like, you didn't see much of it, because right. it was, like... And, and it came from other, like, uh, variants of Loki. Exactly. Of but, no, yeah, I hear you. Like, you definitely seen the trickster side and just the the power of the illusions like like that she was able to have like she may not physically have the power of like gilgamesh or icarus was packing but those illusions were no joke like she was a strong uh fighter you yeah because she could fuck with your mind and like fuck with everything and you're just like oh shit
0: yeah it's um
1: like she got Cersei with it like she fucking made the Ajax illusion and that so- was so cool Like, Cersei knew that it was fucking Sprite, but, like, was not expecting, like, like, she thought, like, it was under the impression, like, that it was Sprite just in disguise trying to, like, mess with her head, but in reality, it was just an illusion, and Sprite was invisible, and I was like, damn, that's, like, a fucking clever-ass play right there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, that was a cool twist, um... All right, and then uh, Salma Hayek as Ajak, as we mentioned, as as she's supposed to be this like leader of the Eternals, and this is an actress who's been in the field for a very long time. Um, and it was I was shocked that they killed her off at that point because that's not something I saw coming in the movie. I the only time I like I only s- a little bit saw that the like a twist or something could be coming because then it was like. Well, in the trailers, we'd seen her in Icarus talking, and so I was like, well, either that they don't have that in the movie, actually, or that that's going to come up later.
1: Right, that's what...
0: So... You're good.
1: No, yeah, like, her death, like, so early on, like, caught me off guard, too, because it was like, I could have sworn she was going to play a more bigger part. Right. You know, because she definitely gave off the mom vibes. Right. She she was the mom of the group, Mm -hmm. that was obvious. Um, and you could tell just how much, like, each one of those characters, like, loved her, like, in their own way. Like, even Icarus, when he, like, killed her. Yeah. Like, there was so much pain in it. Because, like, cause, like th- if you think about it, he, he did sentence her to death. Mm-hmm. But he also didn't really personally do it. You know I mean? He used the deviance as, like, the tool because he's like, all right, this is what's going to kill you. And I could say that it was the deviance, and I'm not lying to them again. You know what I mean? It's like one of those deals, but he might as well have done it herself, himself. She even said, she's like, why not just kill me yourself? And he's like, Like, you see, and he's like, he really couldn't. He probably could not do that.
0: Right. And then, yeah. And then, like, you see the pain in him when he, like, shoots the laser after, like, putting her body down. Like
1: That thing destroyed him. And I was just like, I didn't, like, I didn't hate him at all. Mm -hmm. I I felt bad like there was like sympathy because like again it's the balance between this is what my sworn duty is and he chose duty over his own because he felt that he would it almost was like he would have been selfish if he would have chose love right because he had a greater duty that he swore an oath to and he's like I can't turn back on this
0: right yeah it's
1: like many people we know that would have done something similar you know like choose duty over personal life yeah or do it
0: yeah and I'm yeah and with Selma Hayek I mean I was glad that they didn't because there's a lot of movies where she just plays the stereotypical angry Latina woman character
1: very feisty yeah
0: and so they didn't do that this time around with her which is cool
1: No, she, but you could definitely tell like the because their powers to heal and all that like you see, like, how strong that is, because, like, the deviant, the the main boss deviant ended up, you know, uh, absorbing her power, and it right. became a struggle for them, because it kept healing, and it was just, like, you see how, like, why people respect her, because she was also really fucking strong, too. Like, she was powerful in the wrong way. She was a good warrior.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, she fucking gave no fucks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, when Athena went on a rampage, she just was like, all right, I'll take this damage. They had guys, like, yoga messers then distracted, and she's like, alright, heal up. Time to put her down now, or, you know, like, at least, you know, keep her in check.
0: Yeah, and her being able to communicate with Arsham, which goes to Cersei after she dies, like, that that's a cool thing that she's able to communicate. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll have more to say on Arsham when we talk about that uh, character. Um, alright, and then Angelina Jolie, huge, uh, actor joining the MC, I mean, all these are, but Angelina Jolie, like, might be one of the, like, highest profile names in this cast, if not the highest, like, the biggest name, uh, as Thena, I, like, she didn't get as much screen time as I thought Thena would, but obviously she wasn't, her character wasn't the focus, uh, as much as Cersei was, or Icarus, Um, but she'd played her part, and I thought the, uh, her having, like, the PTSD, the Mad Weary, or whatever, I thought that was pretty interesting, um,
1: and what it ended up being was just, uh, the collection of past deleted memories, still finding a way, like, processes weren't going right, you know, and, like, so the memories were still there, Mm -hmm. so it was a cool way of mixing up kinds of trauma with a plot line, in that sense. Yeah. Like, how... Like the plot itself on its own wasn't the best I thought it was average but a little below average plot right
0: but
2: the way
1: the characters interacted within the plot and how they all like they, the plot affected them or how they affected the plot that's where the interest was because seeing Athena be pretty much like was like the answer the whole time throughout the very beginning you know of these memories you know or holding the key to the answer right or the truth I should say that was pretty cool. Yeah, you're right. She definitely is probably one of the bigger, well-known names in this cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I thought Thina was cool. Like, even with like the not not as much spotlight as you know you may have expected, like a warrior, like that they were hyping her up because she was no joke. She was a, definitely the best fighter, right, in terms of them all. Mm-hmm. But like, she had that... She had that. She had that personality that you would expect from a goddess of war. Right. She enjoyed fighting, and I liked it where they didn't try to do it like they kept Athena of, like they showed she was calculated. She was no dummy. Right. Like she got to fight, but it wasn't like she, like she was all she was ready to fight every moment, and she was no joke. And they didn't try to like play anything off. They didn't try to make this like you know oh you know your typical badass you know woman trope you know you've seen in the past you know they were just like no, she's a joke we ain't fucking you know making no, no trope jokes or any stereotypes cena's Athena, she gonna kick some ass and i thought it was nice like I, I, there's not a character in this in this group that i didn't like yeah there's some that i didn't like as much as others but there's not one i hated
0: right yeah that's the same for me for sure um yeah, Athena was cool, and her relationship with Gilgamesh, who we'll talk about, was pretty good. So, let, let's talk about Don Lee as Giggle, Gilgamesh here. I loved, like, Gilgamesh is this big, giant protector, and I loved when he, like, hit things. It was like a sonic boom, and, like, like you could feel the impact, and I loved what they did with that. Um, I was definitely really sad when they killed Gilgamesh off. I... It'd be cool if they brought him back, but I definitely think the sacrifice was well done.
1: Oh yeah, Gilgamesh is my uh, second favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely the soul of the team. Mm-hmm. Like, And while it was it's sucked to see him die, it's one of those situations where if he was alive, I think it would have been harder for Icarus to do what he was going to do. Not just because Gilgamesh could hold his own against Icarus. Right. On his like combined, yeah, they all fucking could handle like but you've seen Icarus eventually was overpowering them.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: Gilgamesh I think is like the one person who could like individually hold his own the longest. Him, then Fina. Right. You know, like those two. You know, <laughs> in terms of just raw strength and capability of fighting. hmm But Gilgamesh was nice. He he was definitely the father of the group, you know. Mm-hmm. And his little turmoil was just more so of looking out for Athena. Right. Like, it wasn't like he was going through some, like, you know, indecisive stuff, but he he spent his focus of just, I, I'm i going to look after Athena. And he, you know, found this little trick. Definitely was beautiful. Like, their chemistry was nice. In those short, sweet moments you got, you could see the, how much these two, like, cared for each other. And it was cool because you see one of the classic myths of Gilgamesh when he was fighting the bull the golden bull and it was a deviant that looked like a bull and you just see him in babylon he just fucking decks
0: him
2: <laughs>
1: flips over him like into the gate and it's just like those moments you're like oh Gilgamesh is definitely the powerhouse here
0: yeah it was really well done and i i loved it like they found the right role for don lee to play and he is a famous korean actor i believe
1: and what i liked about it was yes he was more of the goofball but it wasn't like he was just a comedic relief. Oh my god, We you mean you have a big muscle guy, the powerhouse, and he's not a total total imbecile? Right. He was probably one of the most wise one of them all. Like, right. Like, next to AJ, you know? Yeah. And, like, and it's not like any of them were dumb, but like in terms of maturity and wisdom, he, he had it. Like, he knew how to cope with a lot of things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, properly. Like, so, it was nice to see them have like a muscle-bound guy and not go with the classic trope trope that we've seen Marvel do more often, or not. Drax, what they turn the Hulk into? Red Guardian. Or, yeah, Red Guardian. Like they took this guy and they're like, no, he's yes, is he a bit more like fun? He, that's the balance I want. Right. You can be a fun-loving guy, but still show that your presence is just as important here. Like you actually make an impact. Like his death. Like I said, if he was alive. I think Icarus turning on them would have been a lot difficult, especially just morally because you would have Gilgamesh there probably talking to him and be like, this is really not what we should be doing right now.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Gilgamesh would
1: belittle him, but that he would just be like, listen, I understand Like, you got duty, but family, ab- our family above all is what we've been trying to protect here. Don't go throwing this away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know I think he would have been able to reach him you know better,
0: yeah, for sure, all right, so this character I loved throughout up until the fact that he didn't show up for the final battle. uh, Camille Nanjiani is Kingo, and like I thought he was hilarious throughout um I love like they like they needed like the comic relief type of personality, and I think Camille Nanjiani was perfect for that, um yeah, I just. I just wish he showed up for that final battle, and I know, like, he's, like, with Igris, like, I'm with you till the end of the line, like, I'm gonna be with you, and then, you know, it's just kind of like, I won't turn against you guys, but I can't fight, but then it's just, like, I just feel like they didn't pay off his character arc that well.
1: I thought it, I honestly liked that, though, because, again, like, I felt this was probably one of the more realistic dilemmas we've seen in a group. That's fresh. because you were seeing, I was seeing a lot of reactions that I would see real life people go through, mm-hmm. like especially a family. He was like, "I," because he believed in what Icarus was doing. Because he, the whole time, it wasn't like he was hiding. He was saying, "I don't think we should be doing this. We should not be trying to kill the Celestial." He's like, because he was like, "The greater good is so much better than this one planet."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He was always about that. But he kept to the... And, like, unlike... Again, he handled it differently than Icarus did. He But he was like, I won't fight you guys because I love y'all, but I'm not going to go against what he wants because he's like, at the end of the day, he wanted the same thing Icarus did. Mm-hmm. So him sitting out, it was believable, and I liked it. Because I would have felt it, like... I thought... I felt it would if he would have, like, shown up at the end, like, I decided that I needed to do this, it would have felt like the whole time, like it would have came out of nowhere and it would have felt fake. That's fair. Voluntarily sidelined himself. I thought that was a nice character arc. Like, he realized, like, what he was about. He realized his heart was not on the same page as them. But he didn't have... He wasn't that cold to... Or, like, he didn't have the in him to fight him. Fight them. So he sidelined himself. And I thought that was really cool. Like, it was nice to see... A movie like, all right, here's a pretty cool character. He's going to take himself out because he just morally can't handle it. (laughs)
2: Because,
1: again, think about people with family members. You have a family member. They're doing something. There's a family disagreement. You sometimes don't want to put yourself in it. Right. Because you may agree with the person, but you're like, I can't stand to argue with family. I don't want to make this worse for my family. So I'm going to stay out of this. And I thought that was really nice.
0: Yeah. Now that you say it, because I probably needed more of an explanation, I totally see where they why they went with that character arc for Kingo. Um, yeah. I. I mean, I just throughout though. I mean, I also just loved the humor though. I would want to say his valet, uh, uh, Karun, played yeah. by uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Harish Patel. Um, I thought his. I thought Karun was another wholesome side character i love when they do the wholesome side characters like louise ned um uh now jimmy woo is another one like these wholesome side characters that they just they bring like that wholesome kind of humor to Mm. anything that they're in and you do need that character and i loved how he's like he's a human character so he's like obviously not going to stand up to these eternals but he just offers the moments that are needed in this film um, and him and Kingo together is just amazing. It's like Batman and Alfred. <laughs>
1: right, exactly. Like, I thought it, I thought they were a nice little comedic duo. It was nice <laughs> to come from them, and I didn't feel like... A couple times did I feel I was like, mm, alright. I, I didn't hate it, I just was just like, ah, maybe not now, but... Because I thought the camera steal was gonna, like, carry over throughout the whole thing, but they ended it, like, relatively like kind of soon you know right. like early when things started getting really intense mm-hmm. they ended it they had the mm-hmm. few jokes so i was like okay cool we, we're done with that bit that's fine i'm cool with that and it had its haha moments mm-hmm. but like i don't know yeah King Koo though like i liked him like his ter- he definitely was one that cared about his family like he was proud of his family like hell he was making like movies based off of it he was talking about it like he shared stories about it you know he, he that's why i believed him of just like he just morally could not fight his family cuz he yeah. loved them too much and yeah. i was like i see that i believe it it's believable
0: yeah i can totally see that now um yeah and so yeah i i, I think uh, and that bollywood dance number i think Camille Nanjiani said it took him so long to like learn that because, like, yeah. he was nervous about screwing it up, and, like, that that was just a cool thing, another cool cultural thing to bring in for that character.
1: Oh, yeah, and another aspect of the world put into these into this group and this family.
0: Yeah. Alright, um, and then we've got Barry Kogan as Druid. I loved, like, the... Like, it was just a cool thing to have this, like, character who's, like, morally, like... He doesn't want, he, he wants to interfere. He doesn't want humanity to be fighting, so he's willing to like mind control people. And just right. like having someone who's like supposed to be a hero, but you have the power of mind control, which is more often seen as like a villainous power. Like it was really cool to have that. And well, also,
1: that's a lot of temptation like that was there because it's like I could because the whole time he was like, I can make this. I thought Drew was going to be the one that I wasn't going to like the most <laughs>
2: because.
1: The personality of like that very bratty personality. I thought that was gonna bother me more right. so than what it did. I actually was not bothered by it because I was like, "This is what his journey was," and he felt he definitely felt the youngest of them all. You know? Right, like, one of the younger ones, you mm-hmm. very immature in a lot of ways, who needed a lot of guidance, and like seeing like how he would again another realistic like kind of reaction to, "I can stop this." I'm going to stop this, but the way of going about it—it it was just almost as bad as the actions themselves.
0: Right. Know?
1: And so, again, a very another interesting character to come into play. I think Druick was fine. I did. I don't think he was my least least favorite. It's tough because, like, the it my least favorite character of them all. It's. <laughs> oh, <no>, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I my least favorite character of them all. It's not that I hate them. It's just. I like others more. And I think he's lower on the list, but I, I don't know if I, him or Kinko, you know. And it's just because of that. Like, I feel like I like Kinko a little bit more than Druid. So I think Druid is going to be on the bottom.
0: Yeah. No, that, yeah. I, um, yeah. I, I liked also he had the relationship with Makari as well. Like, oh, yeah, they were cute. They yeah. Were, they were
1: definitely cute. I do like those. When's this a thing? Why is this a thing? I'm not sure I like this. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing now she's like, because I felt the same way at first, but it grew on me real fast. It's like, oh, they are precious together, you know. But like the whole, I I don't know if I like this or not. <laughs> like, they're just all trying to process like where this came from, and it's just like what?
0: Yeah, for sure. It it was pretty cool. Um, all right, and then uh, at Macari, Lauren Ridloff, who was the first hearing impaired uh, actress, uh, to be in the MCU. Um, and that was a really cool dynamic to just have, like, a character that would use sign language to communicate, and, like, and then you have them using these speed powers, and it is, like you said earlier, it is, I think it's the coolest way that they've ever done speed, at least in the MCU, um, because, like, you can see, like, how she's moving, and then just, like, when, and that fight with Icarus, how she's just slamming into him with as much, like, power and speed as she has, like, that was just really cool.
1: Like, kind of like, like a fucking uh, concussion blast, almost like, or like, just the force of her stopping, like, all that extra force behind her is just going past her. Yeah. It's, it's that was a great fight scene, because you were watching her, and she was fucking throwing down, because it's like, she was overwhelming them with speed, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, because that's what I was liking, each one of them showed why they have their strengths, and why they are part of this group in their own unique way. Mm-hmm it's not like any of them were slouches by any means Mm
0: -hmm. yeah for sure um and then i believe then we of course we got brian tyree henry as fastos i thought he was also pretty funny and i loved that like they just this natural openly gay character um and uh yeah and it was cool to just have him be like this inventor like the smartest one out of all of them and i also loved the scene like of uh, showing him getting emotional over the Hiroshima bombing, where he's like, "I feel responsible for helping humanity oh, advance yeah. to where they built this atomic bomb."
1: Right, and yeah, I he's up there in one of my favorites because I love just all that he was going through. Just again, he showed his strength. And like the part with I- Icarus is my favorite, mm-hmm. but the, I, I cannot lie, that was such a badass scene where he was getting Icarus trapped in these things and icarus was just like you did like was just like you can't take me he's like you (laughs) want to bet he sets all these traps up and you're just seeing like how much planning how really like smart he is and like he's no joke like Mm -hmm. he's got skills like with technology especially being able to mold it and and, like make it bend to his will as he does Mm -hmm. like props to him and also when he was on the scenes and all this time talking and all that shit i was like dude this guy is so fucking entertaining like and yeah. everything about this man i'm just like this is a type of dude that i would love to just sit down and talk with because one he's very smart so like he would ramble on about shit i may not know but it'd be entertaining to listen <laughs> to and also too is just like so much like when he was in the mode like when he was talking about things like that he was excited about or you seen him in his element working like this dude was just on top of this game and it was really it was really nice. Like, mm-hmm. he, he, great character. Great character.
0: Yeah, I, I really liked him as well. I think,
1: like, I think he might be my third favorite.
0: Yeah, I, I think mine is probably uh, Kingo, Fastos, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say uh, Igris. Probably, yeah. I think I'm gonna go with that. Yep. <laughs> um, Alright, and so I think uh and then uh we do have some other side characters. We also have Kit Harrington as Dane Whitman. Um we're gonna talk about the post credit scene in a little bit, but uh uh Dane Whitman is cool as like this human character who's fallen in love with Cersei and I really liked his personality. I actually liked the chemistry between Cersei and Dane a lot. Um like when he's like he, uh, can you turn me into a giraffe?
1: <laughs> right, that running joke. What I liked about it, though, too, is, like, now, like, I liked how they they just, yeah, like, the demon showed up right from him. He wasn't in this disbelief, but it's, like, at the same time, now you're at a point now where it's, like, Thanos happened. People know weird shit exists.
2: Right. I mean,
1: like, it ain't like there was this whole disbelief where he's, like, I can't believe it. Like, cause he's, like, or, like, where he thought, like, she was a monster or some shit like that. Like, he was just, like, so you could turn me into like a giraffe or something right? like he's like <laughs> he's like really curious but then again you learn that his family line is not like the most normal either so he's all about the weird but like it was cool because i was like oh thank god they're not just ruining this relationship because she's from outer space and she's like this like this eternal and he's just like oh i can't handle this you're a freak or like he's like how could you do this to me you know like you're just like Damn! Can we have fun then? Like, like he was so cool with it. Like for a lot of times, like it was dope. Yeah, like, I liked it. Um, yeah. And later on,
0: we'll talk about we that. See,
1: like, yeah, but a pretty cool character. Nice to get a Game of Thrones guy in there, Jon Snow.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know nothing, Jon Snow. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> didn't know nothing. This man knew nothing. Yeah. Um. All right, and then. I didn't even know Bill Skarsgard was in this till the credits, but he was Crow, the deviant leader. Um mm-hmm. aka Bill Skarsgard for those who don't know is Pennywise. Um so um so yeah, I I, I Crow is just not um they just didn't do too much with him. I thought
3: this was a weird
1: one. I thought it was gonna be bigger than what it was, you know what I mean? Right. I, I, I definitely will say this is where it fucking fell flat for me at this point. Yeah because i thought it was gonna be bigger than what it was but then like what the plot ended up being of just a race against time not necessarily this boss de- like deviant that was absorbing their powers you know i thought that was gonna be bigger than what it was you know but no right so definitely weird thing to just have like in terms of this character and having it be able to speak at times i thought it was just i thought that was honestly a waste
0: and, yeah, Waste of Bill Skarsgård and then just, like, Waste of a Character. Like, you're just, Athena just chops him up.
1: I did like that, though. Honestly. Like, it was a cool way of ending, but, like, the, for as dramatic as it was, I was, like, there wasn't as much big, like, I mean, yeah, he killed Gil- Gilgamesh and absorbed Ajax and, like, killed Ajax, too. But, like, other than that, like, he was just no different than a De- deviant that's like, attacked them. you know what I mean? Like right the deviants tech as they see fit mm-hmm. and it wasn't like he was making them more organized they were stronger because he was feeding the power but it wasn't like they were any le- like more advanced or shit like, like in terms of like strategies and shit right it, 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 i like the idea of it but again they put in there and did nothing with this so i was just like i can't work with this like yeah either you have it in there or you don't or you just don't use it like if we just had the mindless beast of deviants fine they, they, it's a nice like father for these guys to fight because again you can't just have like random grunts because these guys are fucking, like demigods in their own way you know I mean you gotta have something like that they could easily you know like that's believable in terms of what could be a threat to them and the deviants were a good father threat for them
0: mm-hmm. yeah so I think that's all the characters um, aside from aside from the post credits which we will get to or
1: do you, I mean we could talk about the we actually got...
0: Oh, yeah. Celestials ...showed up. You know yep. I mean? like, uh, Rshm the Celestial, of course.
1: Arashem, uh, uh, what
0: The I'll sheer you, size.
1: The sheer size of him. The voice. I don't know who does the voice.
0: I'd have to look that up, but... Um, right.
1: Oh, my God. I liked it because then it gives me hope for if we do get Galactus later on. Yeah. Because it seems like that might be what we're leaning towards because we're getting some big threats here it shows me that we could pull off, they could pull off some CGI to make this, something of that size look good because yeah. he looked great. Like the presence, that fucking end scene though, when he, he comes th- back for them Yeah. and the fucking sky splits and he's just there.
0: That was scary.
1: Just, oh my <laughs> God. You want to talk about presence? Like the sound too, of just being around, like when they're going to talk to him or when he's just like pulling them towards them. Like just his the sounds around him it that's presence.
3: Mm. I was very pleased with that.
0: Yeah, and it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see what happens uh with uh Kingo, fastos and Cersei and uh, what happens to the group that's going after them. We'll get to the post credit scene shortly. Um, but uh, yeah, is there anything else to say about the Celestials? Don't all right um so uh easter eggs just in general we had captain america iron man and thor getting referenced i believe captain america's shield was in kingo's plane in the background um uh obviously batman and superman references um there's probably a bunch more uh stuff that is just like references to the eternals comics by jack kirby but i uh i don't know specifically what those uh specific references are but um, unless you have any uh, easter eggs that you caught,
1: no, I think the 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 biggest wild one to me was the Superman and Batman outfit drop for me, just because it was like, it's not the first time we got in, like in Marvel universe like name drops and shit like that, but like right. hearing them just flat out like Batman, Superman, and Alfred, because it ain't like they were just like oh Hawkman, you know, or some shit, or you know, like make a Green Lantern comment. You're talking about the two biggest people in DC of Batman and Superman. And you right. just casually drop that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, damn, okay, that's that's pretty funny. Like, I thought that was pretty dope. But, I mean, again, I'm not making a big deal of what it is. It, I don't think there's ever going to be a crossover like that. But it, it was just like a fun little name drop to hear.
0: Absolutely. All right, let's get to these post credits that are both pretty huge. Uh, when you know all the... Uh, uh, specifics, especially for the second one, but first one is pretty huge, too, uh, so Druig, Makari, and, uh, Thena are out, uh, in the ship, the Domo, and they're going searching for Kingo, Fastos, and Cersei, and then all of a sudden, uh, Portal opens, and, uh, Pip the Troll pops out, who's play- who's voiced by Patton Oswalt, um, right. and... So he starts announcing the arrival of a character, and it is Harry Styles playing the brother of Thanos, Eros, a.k.a. Star Fox. And uh, I I knew that Harry Styles was leaked to, like, be in the movie. Like, there were leaks.
1: I didn't see a lot of info on that. That was a very good surprise. And I was like, oh, look at Harry Styles. I was like, oh, all right, that's <laughs> interesting. Wasn't expecting that, but hey, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I when, at first, like, I was trying to figure out who the fuck they were bringing in. Mm-hmm like, when that was happening, because at first I was like, I'm like, is this where we get Adam Warlock? Is he showing up? And then I was like, I'm like, maybe we get Gladiator. Maybe Gladiator shows up. <laughs> I think, yeah, and then I'm like, no. <laughs> and then they're like, it's Arrows.
2: I'm like, oh, okay. Hmm.
1: I'm like, so we on this route here. Okay. <laughs> what are they fucking plotting that we need Thanos's brother in here? Oh, then they're saying take down the Celestials and shit, but I was like, ooh, <laughs> We gonna bring him in here? That's
0: fine. Yeah, Harry Styles seems charismatic, and I think he'll be pretty good in moving forward in the MCU. Um, obviously, they weren't just gonna bring Harry Styles in for a cameo in a post credit scene, so... Right.
1: I mean, hey, I mean, that's like a big... It's not actor-wise, but in terms of face-wise, Harry, people know who Harry Styles is. Right, right. You know what I mean? So that, that's gonna draw a crowd in right there. Um... He definitely see like, in those short few moments, I know it was, like, a few lines and nothing too crazy in there. But, like, he seemed pretty charismatic. He, he seemed like he was having fun with that little role that he was getting. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that's a big deal. So I liked it. I, I was fine with it. Yeah. Definitely excited for what they got cooking.
0: Yeah, and so apparently with Thanos, um, things have come out where Thanos is an Eternal but with a Deviant Gene, and that's why Thanos is all giant and well, purple.
1: Said they, they, said, they said that they, he was a Titan. They're originally Titans, but Thanos himself, if they're keeping it the same as, like, the comics, Thanos himself was a mutant on his planet. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's that way and why they're, and Eros is more human-like. Right. Thanos was just a rare exception. It wasn't like everyone on Thanos' planet looks like that. Right. he was, at points, shunned because he was a mutant, so.
0: Right. Yeah. So... Um, and then the second post-credit scene, uh, so Dane Whitman opens up the box in the comics, Dane Whitman becomes the Black Knight, and so the There's box, the blade. he's got the blade. blade there, yep. Yep, and so he opens that, it's a cursed blade, and he's about to, he touches it, he's about to grab it, and then you hear a voice in the background say, uh, I wouldn't do that if I were you, Mr. Whitman. Oh, I it was
1: something like, are you sure you want to do that, Mr. Whitman, Yeah. yeah.
0: Are you sure? And, uh, so parent... I didn't know who it was at first. My parents and I were really confused. I looked it up. Chloe, Chloe Zhao has come out and said that is Mahershala Ali is Blade, and that made me so excited, because I... We know Mahershala Ali has been confirmed as Blade for, like, a couple years now.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And it's just, when was he gonna show up first?
1: And again, then here we go with more confusion because we got Morbius coming out, and so when Morbius coming out, everyone's like, well, bring back Blade. Well, now we got MCU... Over here doing Blade, you know, possibly or at least hinting at it. And my thing is just like the only thing that's got me, like, and maybe there's like a connection between him and Black Knight that I'm just forgetting about or I don't know.
0: I did look it up. I think New rock Stars said that there was like some comic issue that they, they were part of a team okay. together.
1: Because like I, I could believe it, you know, but it's just like I don't know of it. But and also just from this movie though, why Blade is the one getting hinted at it? because it's like we're just dealing with Celestials. Not fucking vampires, you know what I mean? So it's just like, why, I'm. I, don't get me wrong, I'm excited for Blade to make his return. Like, I really am.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But like, why the fuck out of like all movies, like, do you hint that this is going to be the setup? Obviously, probably we're going to get like a situation where you'll get Blade, you know, shown more in a probably more relative uh, context. Mm-hmm like i'm just like damn this week because at first like the, because when i first heard it it was so quick at first i thought it, it sounded like the guy whose voice is the watcher
0: oh like, jeffrey right yeah yeah
1: and i was just like are, i'm like so we getting the watcher too i was like i'm like ooh, i'm like they, so they found a way to fucking tie fucking what if into this one now too with the watcher but yeah and i was like what the fuck is happening <laughs> like, i was so confused but then like you text me that, and I looked it up, too, and I saw the same thing. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. Blade,
3: huh? Ooh.
0: Yeah. So, it's exciting. I am, uh... I, I think with what happened with Venom 2, uh, that Venom's gonna cross over with it. Spider-Man. I still
1: need to see it. Don't fucking spoil this for me. I did not watch this podcast. All
0: right. Yeah. I'm
1: glad have seen it this week. We're trying to. We, I've been away. I have to go see it. I gotta see my boy.
0: Yeah. It, it's you might like it. I might like it. You might <laughs> JJ and I weren't as fond of Venom 2 as we said on the podcast, but I you're a big Venom fan. So um but it was more with the movie itself, not with Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy is perfect as Venom. So um but all right. Uh so then we get to our rankings. Uh so did we want to rank Icarus as the villain or did we want to skip villain rankings?
1: I don't think we could – I don't think it would be fair because ranking Icarus as a villain would just the, – the number of where I would put him would not be fair to his character. And I right. couldn't do that. And I don't think we could do the solo deviant boss as a villain. No, no. Because, again, I think this movie was a different format. It was more about a race against time again, more so than just, hey, beat this guy.
0: Right. Right. I agree with that. So, um I mean I can go over current villain standings now with what if updated if you want me to or I don't have to. It doesn't
1: matter. Yeah, but I'm going to say we have to worry about that. I think let's just try to find a place for this movie.
0: Okay. Did you want me to read the MCU movie/show rankings out that
1: Be around this bitch, baby.
0: All right. So, uh here's where they stand updated after what if um so uh number one shan chi 5.95 uh number two Endgame, 5.94 black panther number three at 5.93 they're very close together infinity war 5.86 loki although you disagree at 5.83 uh number six captain america winter soldier at 5.66 spider-man far from home at 5.55 avengers 5.53 wandavision 5.5 Thor Ragnarok rounds out the top 10 at 5.4, Civil War at 5.38, Falcon and the Winter Soldier 5.37, Captain America the First Avenger 5.23, Age of Ultron 5.07, Iron Man at number 15 4.87, Doctor Strange 4.85, Spider-Man Homecoming 4.7, Guardians of the Galaxy 4.69, Ant-Man and the Wasp 4.68 black widow rounding at the top 20 4.51 guardians 2 at 4.5 iron man 3 4.08 ant-man 3.97 thor 3.83 captain marvel 3.7 number 26 the incredible hulk 3.6 number 27 what if at 3.57 uh number 28 iron man 2 at 3.17 thor the dark world 2.97 so i mean are I, are you shocked by where What If ended up? Because you didn't get to finish with JJ and Gabe and I. But
1: up finishing it. Uh, I didn't get to do the buckets. No, I'm not surprised. I was not a big fan of it. Um, yeah. I, I'm. Yeah. I mean, it for what it was, definitely the weakest show they put out, and mm, mm, <laughs> it's right there. Uh,
0: no, it's weaker than Loki. Like, I I think it's weaker
1: than Loki. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Anyways, we won't go back on that rant. We have this to
0: do. Yeah. Alright, let's let's rank Eternals now. Um I like there's people calling this one of the worst Marvel movies. I disagree so much. I enjoyed this, like, too much for it to be lower tier. Um mm-hmm. I would say off the top of my head it's probably upper to like upper middle. Um somewhere in that range. Um there's so many good things they did, but you're right, the plot is weak, and there's just they did a good as good a job as I think they could have with like 10 or 11 characters to talk about um, and give arcs of some kind. But I'm gonna give this a five, I think just the cinematography and I just think there were a lot of good things they did with it. It might not be for everyone, but I just I just don't see it as like a super weak movie or, or project in the mcu i just there's so many other stuff that they've done that i would definitely say is worse and i would definitely watch eternals over quite a few other uh movies or shows in the mcu
1: yeah i hear you um it wasn't just the plot was the main thing being weak for me that was pretty like sucky because it's mm-hmm. like really, i was not as invested in a lot of that shit i was just more caring so i was like oh how are they you know like how these characters are doing and developing on their own. But um, there was also some other things that I thought were just, like the whole, like, again, with the Deviants, I felt that they were, right. they tried to make them bigger than what they were, but they were just fodder at the end of the day. But when they made that boss that was speaking, I was like, this is really fucking pointless. Right. (sighs) I'm going to probably give it a 4.5.
0: I can see that. Um,
1: I, I, I want I, the lowest I would go on this is four. Right. Three, three's in the middle. I yeah. think it's better. I think it's a little above average. You know what? I'm going to give it a four. Because characters and like the interactions, that's just a personal thing that I really like. Mm-hmm. But that can only carry the movie so far. Right. Because, because even like the storyline, the outcome of it all. There's like I feel like the impact of what they did to the earth, like I don't know it. It seems weird because literally the Titan, that Titan, the fucking celestial is still like kind of coming out of the earth, and I really feel like that shit was a lot more casual and a lot less (laughs) destructive than probably what it
3: should be. (laughs) Yeah. And like... It's like, a giant...
1: of it just shaking the, earth, the earthquakes of, it, like, the waters rising and stuff like that. And, like, it still really feels like the world barely kind of got fucked up during all this. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I'm not saying that, like, it, it's weird. Like, it was just a weird thing for... It was a cool sight, but at the same time, it just leads me up the... Are we just not going to address the fact that we have this almost, like, alien godly being like, half, not even halfway out of the fucking Earth right now? Like, (laughs) what are we gonna do with this? Like, like literally you see its head and its fingers are like this. I'm like, this is fucking up so much shit. But, like, (laughs) at the end of the day, it's just, like, barely anything was really affected. Like, I know it was, like, in a remote area, but, like, you had earthquakes that, like, happened once in the beginning, like, one major earthquake, and then, like, that's it. Like, it, there was that until it started rolling. I thought I would have liked it if, like, they were keeping the earthquakes and it was showing, like, the destruction that was causing the earth and shit, like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And the effects of, like, the like, cities were fucking, like, that would have been cool. Especially since there was no, like, direct villain. It would have been nice to see that see him just saving the world in that regard. See him interacting with the world of, oh, shit, the city's falling apart. Watch cool use our cool abilities to kind of, fuck, like, they were doing in flashbacks, right? Are you fucking seeing them zipping around, doing different shit. Mm hmm. You know, you got Cersei like turning like fucking solid metal into dust so it doesn't fall on people. Right. Like that's like some cool shit that I wanted to see more. Yeah. Also, but I will. One thing I wanted to say real quick too, that I want to give the movie props for. Before, when the before uh, the Celestial came in and took them back, those that stayed on Earth, I was worried they were just going to end the movie there, or in a sense of that's where they were going to leave it at, because I was like, now you have this big. Um, kind of like elephant in the room of what kind of fucking threats right now could be happening because at this point they do not have the rule anymore of they don't have of sitting on the silent they they can interfere as they see fit you know mm-hmm. what i mean and you have like these like i said basically demigods almost like very powerful forces just like on earth mhm what are they going to do, like, for future movies? Like, obviously, they can't just be everywhere, you know, and they're probably not going to be aware of everything going on. But it seems like one of those things where it's like, if another big threat shows up, what the fuck is, like, what are they going to do? Right. Imagine if these guys were actually involved during, like, Endgame and shit like that. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, honest to God, like, just think about that. Like, fucking Thanos would just, like, Tony Stark would not have to sacrifice him because they will be like, here, give me one moment. Right. Let's do it around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, what I was getting to was I liked how they covered that up. They were like, all right, he came back, he collected them, pulled them off Earth. Already a few of them, like, with some broken ass abilities, were sent off Earth.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: know
1: what I mean? Right. Like, what's was gone. Like, he's like, he, they sent him off Earth. I was like, all right, cool. That's not an issue. Because he literally, up until that point, except for other, like, fucking, like, Eternals and Celestials, it did not show that there was a limit of who he could mind control. You know what I mean? Right. The numbers, so it's like, cool, we got the hacks out of the way. Now, what are we going to do with them? Oh, he came back because there's repercussions to your actions. Judgment. And and, the, and the, the judgment, and he came, collected them, and I was like, I like that. They fucking covered it back up again. And then they gave purpose for someone like the Black Knight to come out because he's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do, but I want to get her back. Right and so I give them props on that and I will give them that but I'm going to stick with the four ranking because other than that like some few little highlights I felt the plot was very bland mm-hmm. but characters and visuals definitely carry this movie if you, you go see this movie not necessarily for the plot but definitely for the characters and I think that would be a good time um, but it was a breath of fresh air
0: yeah so um i i am gonna switch to a 4.5 i'm gonna move it down a little bit because i do agree with what you're saying um yeah i don't think it's quite deserving of the five but i i think i think 4.5 and 4 is pretty good i definitely agree with what you're saying and Um, But yeah, it's not it's not a lower tier Marvel movie and a Marvel project that they've done. I just again I can think of so many worse ones (laughs) that I just don't enjoy that much.
3: People say it's
1: the worst one because it's like you've had some powerhouse movies come out recently. Oh yeah, like and you expect Marvel to like don't miss. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. but there's always Marvel's the MCU has always had this weird toxic fandom in it. It's right. always been around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like fucking ridiculous. And I will give this movie props. I don't think it nailed it on every aspect. But right. I think, well, I don't think the plot was good. But like, I think what they were trying to introduce was a good start and a good opening of, hey, here's a different way we could do these kind of movies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially when you're starting to get to the point of where you are constantly now going against these celestials as the threat. You're not just squaring up with these things. Like, they. Had to go through so much to just put it to sleep or just turn it to stone. And it's not even confirmed if it's fully dead or not. Right. And like there were so many hoops they had to jump through to just even stand a chance against that thing. So like you're starting to get these to these like beings that like you're not like as much as these characters that they are in the MC universe and the way they are now they're not squaring up with these guys.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, you just
1: physically will just not be able to. doesn't matter how underpowered... It doesn't matter what you have what you're talking about, when you're talking about Scarlet Witch or Doctor Strange. Like The way that the state that they are in now, they will not be able to handle it. Right. Right. So you're going to have to start getting creative on how you create these obstacles for your protagonist.
0: Right. So 4.5 for me and 4 from you now gives it a 4.25. I'm just going to see where... It lands, so a 4.25. It is in between Guardians 2 and Iron Man 3.
1: I feel like it deserves to be higher than that. Definitely better than Iron Man 3.
0: Yeah, well, it it is higher than Iron Man 3. It's below Guardians 2.
1: Oh my god, it deserves to be above the Guardians 2. Holy shit, maybe I gotta boost mine up a little bit.
0: Oh my god!
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I I personally like this movie more than Guardians 2.
0: That, that's fair i i
1: i know you're a guardians fan it's okay i don't think incredible hulk should be as low as it is but it is
0: i mean it's better than what if <laughs> so
1: it is better than what if it's better than loki oh <laughs> a lot of people are starting to appreciate that movie now after what they did with the big green giant They're like, damn, we missed this Hulk. It's
0: like, yeah. Well, hey, uh, based on the news, uh, World War Hulk, we might actually be getting Mark Ruffalo's solo Hulk movie. Okay,
1: we're going to take a little break on this movie for a hot sec because I want to talk about this for a hot sec. Um, I'm pissed. I am very pissed off. I don't know how I feel about this. On the one hand, I like it because I'm a Hulk fan, but two, it pisses me off because literally that's what Sakaar should have been about. Mm-hmm. The fact that they put Ragnarok on Sakaar and they have Hulk just that moment is literally going, like, it's just, and then they turned it into a joke it pisses me off. You took probably one of the most popular Hulk storylines, one of the, my personal favorite storylines of Hulk, and you're just like, it's a joke. And then you ruin the Hulk's character. Like, and then what they're going to do, what are they going to do? It's like, oh, there was a huge timeline before he showed up. Well, guess what? You're just going to fucking, like, then recon show how badass of a Hulk, like how Hulk was, show a savage Hulk, unless you start re- retconning and fixing getting rid of Professor Hulk,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not going to be satisfied. Well, because they. Because what are they going to fucking do? Like, he he was his time as car before Professor Hulk, and if it's like what they did with Black Widow, where it was like a prequels kind of deal, I know where it's going to end up. Right. I know he's going to just be at fucking Professor Hulk, so you're literally going to show off Hulk in some. Badass moments and everyone's gonna be like, he should have been like this during Endgame. He should have been like this during Infinity War. So yeah. it's like it's almost like too late. I wanted this a while ago. That's fair. I wanted this for a while ago. Now they have a chance to fix it in She Hulk Right. I would not mind if they retcon that shit. If they're like, you know what, hey, something went a little bit wrong. There was some some trauma where Bruce and Hulk just got on the wrong page again and Hulk got pissed off again. Because it's not like it, they haven't done that in the comics before. Right. Where they comb together and then they get pissed off and separate from each other again. They could do that shit. Right. Fix She Hulk. Make She Hulk the main focus, but find a way to get rid of fucking Professor Hulk.
0: I think they will. I mean, that's why they're having Mark Ruffalo in that series. So, I mean, they're, you know. I
1: hope. I fucking hope. But then this World War Hulk, you know what? If they do it and I find that's a prequel, I will still go as a Hulk fan. But boy, I'm going to be salty about it the whole time if they nail it. In terms of, look what he was badass when he was on Sikara before Thor showed up. Because yeah. I'd be like, this is what we wanted throughout the
0: whole fucking time. Yeah, no, I totally I totally get your frustration being a fan of the Hulk. So It makes me so mad. I'm, I'm just hoping that they did She-Hulk and, like, that it is, like, after Endgame and whatnot, and they do... Uh, same, same with Thor. I mean, Thor, Love and Thunder, at the very least, we know that's obviously going to be after Endgame and fixing Thor, so... Um.
1: Again, we're going to make him go through another fucking scene, character's development of, are you worthy? Do you deserve this? I am nothing without my hammer. <laughs> it's, shut the fuck up. Like, uh, Yeah. I don't know how you fucking ruined two powerhouse characters. Fuck. Anyways, that's it. And okay. <laughs> Yeah,
0: so I mean, I think uh, what JJ and I and, and Gabe, we've been doing a thing where we do like a new segment after we get done with our main conversation, like before we end. So I mean, if you have any other like nerdy news you want to share, um, only other stuff I have there, putting a lot of the movie MCU movies uh, uh, in IMAX quality now on Disney Plus, uh, like Shang-Chi and some of the other movies that are, that are already on there, so... Uh.
1: I guess the only other nerdy thing, except for that rant that I had about the Hulk stuff, is uh, I'm stoked for Morbius. Oh, yeah. Definitely, Sony is going to be so fucking weird. I swear to God, all this is, because they are fully committed to keeping this villain stuff. I think they're going to be trying to experiment with a new trend of focusing on villains. Even though Morbius, you could technically get away with, because he's more of an Mm anti-hero. You kind of get away with it. But they also got Kraven going, you know what I mean? they, they Then they focus on Michael Keaton's vulture. He's around there. So it's like, I feel like Sony's doing something with the villains, which is, it's fine. Because in theory, it makes sense because a lot of people like villains more than heroes anyways. Mm-hmm. So in theory, but you have to be careful on who you choose because you have to make sure it's not somebody super tied to another character. That's why Venom was, very, as much as i love Venom, it was very weird seeing Venom without the spider logo on him without Spider-Man references you know like I don't know what happens in Venom 2 like don't tell me I'll figure that out if it improves anything like that but still like if that's what Sony's gonna do they could either hit it out of the park and start a new trend which would be really cool because then that means maybe Marvel will try it again too try some of that and we know how Marvel can do things Mm -hmm. because imagine Marvel doing a Doctor Doom solo movie (sighs) oh I'm just saying, you know, like...
0: Hey, we got a Fantastic Four movie coming in a couple no, years. That's what
1: I'm saying, but, like, if, like, this villain trend, like, the villain-focused movies, like, start coming out, a Doctor Doom-focused movie would be pretty fucking lit. Mm-hmm. That'd be one hell of a villain to do it. But, I, w-
0: I want Keanu Reeves as Doctor Doom. <laughs>
1: I don't know who I want for Doctor Doom. I don't I don't know if I want Keanu Reeves. I like Keanu Reeves, but he's not... That's He fact. doesn't give me the Doctor... He does not give me Doctor Doom vibes.
0: I just want him in the MCU and Kevin Feige has been talking about how they want, how they've been trying to get Keanu Reeves. Yeah, he's
1: a big name. He's definitely, he's a good dude. He's definitely big. They would be nice, but Doctor Doom would not be the character for him.
0: That's fair. I mean, I don't
1: think he, I don't think he would be a good Doctor Doom to have. mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you probably know more, better about, better than me about that kind of stuff. So, I, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm trying to think of what think there oh and of course we've got hawkeye coming up in a couple weeks uh the hawkeye series number 31 we're gonna get introduced to kate bishop we're gonna uh florence Pugh is returning as elena uh from the what happened in black widow um and uh yeah so i think uh i think the hawkeye series is gonna be pretty cool um and uh obviously then no way home at the end of the year Um, in between then, also November 20th, uh, we got our Marvel Mafia Night for Tribe of Nerds, so that's going to be pretty exciting. You're gonna get to, uh, see me host with, uh, Will, JJ, Gabe, Kim, uh, Kearney, Nate, a bunch of us, a bunch of these guys that have been on the podcast with me over the past year. So that is going to be exciting to see, uh, what happens and, uh, how much fun people have, uh, spilling each other's blood. So, (laughs) so, uh, with Marvel characters, so, um, yeah, and, uh, I think that's it, I think that's all we have, Will, you got anything else? Nope. All right, we will see you guys, uh, next week then, uh, for our Marvel Mafia night on Tribe of Nerds.